Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Around the Coin. Today's guest is Satvik Vishwanath. He is the CEO of UnoCoin. And based out of India, UnoCoin is one of the largest crypto projects out there. He has over 120 employees and serves over 1.2 million customers in India. He's been in the game for a while and effectively building a, a simple exchange uh, with UnoCoin, allowing people to move into and out of the native currency in India, uh, it is where you have to start. So similar to Coinbase or Kraken or some of the popular exchanges, Binance, you have to let people move from the existing rails into the crypto world. So that's what he does. He spends a lot of time thinking about the regulatory climate, making sure that the company is paving a legitimate path for themselves and for other companies to come into the space. Uh, we talked about what India's trajectory is on crypto, what their current regulatory framework is, uh, how he has personally paved the way in a country as big as India for the adoption of cryptocurrency. Um, in India, Unocoin is a major crypto leader. So we talked about how he handles that, what they have done to influence uh, the government and an accelerated adoption of crypto. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I sure did. I learned a ton and it was awesome to see crypto succeed in other parts of the world. So here is Satvik, CEO of Unocoin. All right, Satvik, I'm excited to be chatting with you, man. I, I love what you're working on at UnoCoin. Um, you've been at it for a while. Uh, I understand that you started the first Bitcoin meetup in 20, in India in 2013. And I yeah. believe that was what it was. It has over 3,000 members now. Um, so you've certainly been uh, passionate, interested in working in the crypto space for a long time. Uh, when you became interested back then and started working on Unocoin, it seems to me that the obvious problem, the obvious first problem is allowing people to buy crypto. You can't do anything if you can't get in the game. Uh, that's very much what Unocoin does today, right? You facilitate people getting into and out of uh, crypto and, and different fiat currencies. It, tell me about what what has been accomplished so far in that, either the number of countries you're in, the number of fiats you're in, the number of cryptos, however you measure progress, and however you're proud of the, the direction you guys have accomplished so far. Yeah, first of all, thank you, Mike, for uh, inviting me uh, for this podcast. 
Um, so, okay, um, about like what exactly we do and how far we have traveled, right? So we are a completely uh, India-focused uh, company. So we only have operations in uh, India. Um, and every customer that we have is an Indian. So initially when we started the company, uh, like you said, the biggest challenge was for people to get in uh, to crypto and get out of crypto. Uh, we only support Indian rupees as the fiat currency uh, in India. Um, so, I mean, initially we started with Bitcoin alone uh, for about four years. It was only Bitcoin. And then we added uh, Ether, Ripple and few uh, such coins and tokens. And right now we support about 85 different uh, different coins and then tokens for our customers. So we presently have about uh, 2.2 million uh, customers. Um, or so, and uh, our team size is about 65. Uh, we work out of uh, Bangalore, which is just like Silicon Valley of the East. Yeah. Hmm. And interesting. Um, and w- <clears throat> how many different exchanges are in India? Just paint the crypto landscape for me. Like, the, would you say today there's a handful? Uh, I would say there are about eight, uh, seven or eight notable ones, uh, which are mm-hmm. quite well known. But yeah, so we would obviously be one of them. Uh, so there are other companies. Uh, who have more than a billion or billion dollar of valuations as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's vision is a little bit different, um, even though at the end of the day, um, the customers who want crypto, they can get crypto in different uh, forms. So some would just do it like uh, trade, uh, simple buy and sell. Some do it like an exchange where they place an order and wait. So like that different platforms provide different op- options and opportunities for their, uh, for their investors or traders. Um, but however, yeah, we have, we are like eight of uh, eight or so notable, uh, worthy ones in India. Yeah. And how do you think about the size of the, of the, maybe the potential, the current and potential market for crypto in India? Certainly India doesn't have a population problem. There's <laughs> north of a billion people, I think in India. Is that right? One, one point. One it could be 1.4 today. It could be 1.4. 1.4. Yes, absolutely. An enormous population. Of those, how do you consider, what do you consider today's current uh, potential customer base? And obviously that grows with the proliferation of the internet, high-speed internet. But how, how do you sort of think about market size? So so right now, the, the number of users who have ever got exposed to crypto, I think is not even like 2% of the total population. So that essentially means uh, there is there is quite a uh, large, I mean, long um, room uh, for 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 keeping this industry growing and such. And also, I mean, in, in India, crypto uh, trading and such things started a little late uh, because developed countries like Japan had Mount Cox when Mr. When we had all started. Europe was getting served with Bitstamp, and US was getting served with Coinbase. So like that, in, in other countries. Um, they were at least a year or two early uh, than us. Um, so ours is the first one in India. Uh, so, but but India on the other side is, uh, I mean, it's like one of the highly regulated markets, right? So uh, when, when, when you see India, uh, so it's like uh, highest, I would say. Uh, so due to which um, it was not as simple as uh, starting the exchange in other countries. It had to be uh, much more thought through uh, every single step and we are doing it for the first time as compared to our competitors where they had some clue of uh, what to do what not to do but for us it was uh, it, it, it was from zero right so uh, and if you are talking about uh, the future potential i think uh, india is, uh, is 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 really really good position to utilize uh, the disruption that is being brought by uh, the cryptocurrencies right so uh, mm-hmm. so be it uh, English reading and uh, speaking population. It's it's like really good there. 
and then users usage of mobile phone um, penetration of smartphones penetration of internet because of a company called geo here from reliance etc it's like very cheap internet is available everywhere and the good techie population and uh, digitization push that is given by the government so uh, making you know the, the the common man to get exposed forcefully to doing transactions digitally on their mobile phones and such so these are all like the prerequisites i would say for uh, a industry like crypto to flourish in the country uh, provided other uh, there is uh, a clarity from regulational uh, side as well and taxation side as well which is now progressing quite uh, quite positively nowadays at least since like one two years um, so i think it it would be the biggest beneficiary uh, I, i don't think any other country in the world can be as big of a beneficiary if we really start embracing crypto Yeah, yeah, interesting. So 2% today. If you were to go to an average market in an average town in India, what percentage of those transactions ballpark? I know you don't have you can't know exactly, but are people using cash primarily? Are they using some form of digital transactions or some digital tool to transact? Um if 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 I had to answer this, I mean I'm more talking about not crypto specifically but transactions, right? So say about 4 years ago, Uh, more than 90% of the transactions used to happen either through bank accounts or uh, cash i mean nothing like wallet to wallet digitally on the mobile phones and such so that was not even happening but right now lot of retail transactions happen uh, through upi um, which is connected through various uh, applications like google pay and paytm and, and many such different um, different applications so which actually link links to the bank account and uh that's a very good network that has already been established for but that supports millions of transactions uh, every minute or every second so that there is like almost no bottleneck at all and it works really brilliantly for a population of 1.4 from uh, 1.4 billion here and it is like quite uh, flawless as well um so today maybe when it comes to the retail transactions more than half of them are happening through uh the with these kinds of wallets and these wallets have even penetrated uh not only to tier 1 but uh, tier 2 tier 3 as well which is like a smaller towns and smaller villages so it's already possible and and on the other side you don't even need to have the you know full registration uh be in place even as long as you have a mobile number and they have registered with just a otp verification you'll be able to send and receive money so uh i mean but there are some limits for that like uh, 300 dollars per month and such but uh yeah so oh, it, it it is it is very well uh, penetrating so yeah it could be like more than 50% uh, if you have to talk tpk number yeah and, and do you get the sense i mean speaking sort of anecdotally i guess if you were to you know get a sense or a pulse from people are people generally pretty excited about this new uh technology whether it's just connection to the internet smartphone or desktop or opportunities on the internet or crypto or i mean are, are people because in many ways it is it is technology that is coming into a market where the technology is already distributed or has been developed in other places and is now available to people <clears throat> do you feel that people are in some ways reluctant where they value their traditional ways of living and they want to keep that or on the other side of the spectrum are people like super excited and hungry and you know chopping at the bit to get all the digitization possible I know it varies person by person but do you have a general sense general sense yeah of course uh, i mean 
I think people are feeling like uh, they are more connected now uh, because of these technologies and they are very open to it. And given the uh, regulations, including the uh, people meeting each other and such and pandemic, etc. So uh, people who never thought they will use Zoom, like an application like Zoom are now using Zoom um, and Google Meets and uh, talking to each other on uh, video calls. Uh, getting familiarized with themselves with uh, WhatsApp and Telegram uh, kind of applications. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think they, they they feel more connected, and this is this is something that they always wanted uh, nowadays. Um, and they also feel more empowered because uh, like more data is available to them uh, by just going and searching on the Google and and such. Mm. And uh, let's say there is a different skill set that that, uh, that they always wanted to learn, but they couldn't find, especially in the tier two and tier three cities. So now they are able to learn uh, by attending live classes on uh, YouTube and such. Yeah. So in 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 that way, I think uh, uh, we see this. It's again depending upon the age range of a person, right? So someone who is like 55, 60 years old and and above. Uh, they definitely were very, very reluctant when it comes to anything uh, digital, right? So for for all they have done is uh, use a wired landline phone to communicate with each other, and uh, if they want to do a transaction like investments, they used to call the phone, call the stockbroker on on phone, etc. And then the other investments was more like land and such, which is like absolutely traditional in nature, or maybe gold, uh, because India actually have a very good uh, gold lovers population. But right now, a lot of that is changing. Um, so they are getting familiarized themselves with uh, using the UPI-based applications for doing uh, simple retail payments to communicating through WhatsApp and uh, organizing meetups and such things in Zoom and Google uh, Meet, I think. Um, so, but not everyone would have changed it for sure. Uh, there is a there is there, there is still um, a, uh, a maybe 10, 20 percent of them who was reluctant initially are still reluctant today. But there is a really good, uh, good population which actually crossed that bridge and, and are using. Yeah. In the last ten years, over one hundred billion dollars worth of crypto has been lost or stolen, specifically because of poor key management, scams, and hackers. Forget not your keys, not your crypto. Software and hardware wallets have both the same vulnerability that a single private key can be lost, hacked, or simply just misplaced. My new sponsor, the Zengo Crypto Wallet, is a total game changer, bringing wallet security to a whole new level. You have to check out Zengo, an on-chain crypto wallet with no private key vulnerability, leveraging advanced cryptography called MPC, which has, just until now, only been available to multi-billion dollar institutions. So Zengo, most secure Web3 wallet, is the best place to keep your crypto, NFTs, and assets secured. It's also fully recoverable using their biometric recovery system, and it's also just beautiful. Get started at Zengo.com and use code ATC to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. That's Zengo.com, code ATC for $20 back on your purchase of $200 or more. Yeah, I think the point that you made about age, <clears throat> excuse me, age demographics is probably the most universally telling sign whether people are going to be excited to adopt technology or reluctant. It's, it's like, if you just have been doing this your entire life, you and you've accumulated wealth and skills and a network, it's going to be slower, naturally. Uh, I'm curious about the currency. So uh, Indian rupee, the entire country runs on one country, entire country runs on one currency, although there are many different languages throughout the country. Um, 
I, w- I want to ask you both about currency and language. How currency? Everyone uses one currency, right? There are not other currencies floating around, but there are many different languages. How does the different languages affect the country's identity as a whole, or how does it uh, hinder or slow progress? Or what? What are just the impacts of having? Because I live in America, where it really is one language. I mean, there's a you know, oftentimes you see Spanish on signs, and people speak Spanish, especially closer to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's primarily one language. H- how does the multitude of languages affect the culture of the country? I th- um, I think uh, this hasn't really affecting in any kind of negative way because it's been this way forever. Um, mm-hmm. And that if you see again the population in individual states, right? So there are population which have uh, uh, more than um, say hundred million. Uh, people within a single state and such, which actually becomes like a land of its own and such. But however, uh, as far as legislation is uh, concerned and central banks are concerned, it's like the one, I mean, one, one huge country. We don't, uh, almost we don't have anything, anything like laws specific to states. It's, it's only laws more specific to the country's most, most part of it. Mm. Um, so in that way, and uh, with the ecosystem has continued developing this way, um, and on the other side, if it comes to the the, the tech and based developments and such, India is, uh, I mean, in, in India actually have a very good English speaking population for sure. Um, and on the other side, you also have Hindi, which uh, which is actually widely used, right? So, so more than uh, 15 uh, out of 25, 28 states, uh, I mean, I can understand uh, Hindi as a language. Um, but then there are uh, some of the states in southern part of India where Hindi is somewhat tough, but it's, it's like English is known. So as long as you know either English or Hindi or the regional language, you should just definitely be able to survive without any kind of uh, issues. Mm-hmm. So given that, yeah, it, it hasn't been any kind of um, uh, any kind of hindrance. And also even let's say if I take a currency note today uh, of like 100 rupees, uh, it actually have the list of uh, languages where they say 100 rupees and then they write it in Sanskrit, then they write it in uh, Tamil, Telugu, Malayalam, Hindi and like such kind of like 25. Um, I, th- I think we have like 16 languages or so out of 25 states. So so all of that is written. So it, it is kind of the government as well equally promotes uh, this kind of diversity within the country. Um, and this also enables, uh, say it could be entertainment industries or uh, or any kind of uh, application. I mean, a lot of applications today, especially financial applications, um, have the options of choosing the language, which have all of those kinds of, uh, uh, you know, like it, you, you can choose a local language. It, it's, it's not a challenge. Even UnoCoin today uh, supports about 16 different languages, uh, allowing different yeah. Indians and different parts of India to choose. So uh, it, it is a little bit of overhead, but definitely not hindrance. Yeah, yeah. In, in terms of businesses, so if a business say I know you you guys certainly work uh, all across India, but say you take a more traditional business like um, some agricultural business or some manufacturing business that's in India, and they're employing people across multiple uh, zones, multiple areas, are they going to speak English primarily internally in the company, or are they just going to have translations? Or h- how do companies that hire people? and have employees across India manage language? When, when it comes to very traditional businesses, generally, uh, the language of, uh, of the spoken language will be the local language there, the regional, whatever is is there. But if they have um, offices all across uh, India, I'm quite sure they will start using English than Hindi because um, English is much more welcome uh, 
uh, here in uh, in India and and most of the people study in uh, english medium schools so we we study mathematics or science or social science um, of, of everything that is not lang- not a language itself uh, is is studied in uh, english generally so some so makes it uh, that you know at least a conversational english is not a challenge and you guys use english internally in the company Yes, yeah, we do, we do. I mean, we, there, there are some type. Dip, I mean, I can depends upon whom you're talking to. Uh, ah, that's true. <laughs> there, there, there are some employees who is working with me since more than fifteen years and such, like maybe fourteen years yeah. and such. So I'm more comfortable with them in uh, local language called Canada. Uh, but they, then, when we continue taking other employees, recently they obviously are coming from different different states. So either we have to choose uh, Hindi or English. So preferably English. Yeah. And how many languages do you speak? I can speak uh, English, Hindi, and uh, Telugu Kannada. Uh, so yeah, I mean like four or five of them. Yeah. Four or five—that's pretty good. I'm working on my second. <laughs> um, uh, how? What do you think is is? Well, I want to ask you first about you mentioned regulation. So when you started, you guys were very much the pioneers. At, at that point, was there any understanding of what? crypto regulation was in india how did crypto regulation come about and and also what do you think of the current policies are they reasonable are there any uh policies that just seem ridiculous and you think they should change i mean uh, tell me tell me about your landscape you're traversing through the world of, of regulation in india see when it comes to regulation for crypto forget about at that point of time even today we don't have it right so it is mm-hmm. it, it it is something like uh, some parts of different departments um, have come up with some guidelines but we don't have a unified uh, uh, unified regulation for crypto yet and i don't see that happening sometime very soon as well it's, it continues to be a, a challenge because crypto is also a very very fast um, evolving uh, industry right so what was relevant 6 months ago is very different from what is relevant today we talk about defi we talk about nfts uh, and, and and what exactly is the next thing is like quite unknown it it, it keeps changing so i mean g- 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 given this kind of scenario you cannot come up with a regulation and say okay this is like the bible uh, we will base everything on top of it it just just not going to work uh, so obviously on the other side we are looking at uh, different countries uh, what exactly they are trying to do uh, what has worked for them what has not worked for them etc so that we can take some clues of how to write um, on write it ourselves uh, as well um, and also it is not like a very developer country where if the regulations change you just inform through some notices and instantly everyone is following the new one so it it actually takes a lot of time to change uh, once something is written uh, here in a country like india because it actually uh, has a very deep roots in into places where the communication itself is tough within india right so mm-hmm. um, in that way uh, we we are trying to get it right the first time which will obviously take uh, more time um, i think Uh, but however when it comes to taxes uh, there is some guidelines uh, like how it, it should be done so there was um, a recent uh, and in the recent budget speech um, it was revealed how much taxes they are anticipating from crypto industry uh, for all the profits made and and such so that is being implemented and then there is our advertisement council uh which have come up with the guidelines what should be said what should not be said and how to put disclaimers etc so like this everyone is doing some part of their part um uh, to to help the, the industry and give some clarity uh, but i think unified regulation definitely is uh, like a requirement in the country which could happen maybe over a few years um, yeah once we see yeah uh, 
so, so it's nothing is concrete yeah. yet well it's better it's better than bad bad regulation the only thing better than none is is bad sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um and when you think about the company growing uh uno coin and you think about the impact that you have on your fellow countrymen the people in india how do you think it, it starts to practically impact people's lives the most? Are, are they are folks able to save in ways? Do you think the early uh, adoption, the the early practical use case for most people is the stable savings? So, or maybe the safety of their savings? Are people in India concerned about the safety of money in the bank, or are they concerned about the stability of currency, or? the ability to travel across borders with currency. I know in different countries, different people have different incentives for why they adopt crypto. D- does there Are there particular few use cases to you that stand out and, uh, for most I, people? I, I think it's it's pretty much depends upon at what time in the timeline of crypto they entered and what was their, uh, what, when, uh, at, at that time, what was popular, right? So, so for the people who are... Uh, uh, more like entered uh, between say 2011 to 2015 obviously they are more uh, concerned uh, about the future of bitcoin in, in in a way that it will be used for the payments right so uh, it's actually enabling uh, fast and free transactions from anywhere to anywhere on the internet and people who who joined maybe between 2015 16 17 uh, are more concerned about okay we have ether which uh, ethereum plus a blockchain which can do more than just the Bitcoin itself because it can have its tokens, it can run smart contracts, etc. So, uh, the, the, and the people who got in in the first three four years uh, did not bother much um, about uh, Ether, but even though there's still like small small percentage, right? So, and the, then came the next wave, which was more of like uh, decentralized financing, and and then there are uh, DeFi. See, it also dip, um, the the NFT. So it also depends upon what exactly were the uh, were their interests uh, in their real life and where they have seen that okay, this is something that is due for uh, disruption, right? So if, if I am looking at the fact that, okay, this financial uh, banks and everything due to fractional lending and et cetera, et cetera, is all screwed up. And if I actually can get exposure to decentralized financing, maybe I, I actually get attracted to it. Forget about it being run on blockchain or crypto behind it. I, I, I first get attracted to its technology you know, by itself, where anyone can lend money to anyone uh, in, a, in a decentralized manner and, uh, you know, get... Uh, I mean, make those uh, transactions happen, uh, even though there is no full credit history of of, of an individual, right? And, and then there was, uh, uh, say, if it, when it comes to the NFTs, then there were people uh, who always used to struggle with, uh, say, certifications of uh, of various genuine objects to ownership uh, as a uh, as a challenge because it always gets challenged at the court for for like a lot of unknown reason. So like this. Uh, the, 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 there are always people who have had ideas of this is something which is screwed up and there, there should be a, some system uh, better uh, in the future. So these are all the ones who are entering this space because uh, their use case was getting solved. And then comes the other people depending upon when they got in and uh, they just had some X amount of money for uh, investments um, and they have taken the bet on whatever was trending at at, at, at that point of time. Right. So this is how I see it. It, it, it totally depends. Uh, if, if you can tell me when someone got into crypto, I can almost predict uh, what their portfolio <laughs> is. Yeah. How about, uh, how about 
two months ago versus today. Obviously, today, as of May 19th, we're a couple weeks into a, a pretty significant price decrease across crypto and equities broadly. How how are people? How have people reacted? I mean, do people just roll with it and say, "Well, this is crypto," or do you get a lot of people messaging you or messaging the company somehow upset about price drops? I mean, do people understand intuitively the volatility of of crypto? And uh, yeah, I'm just curious your reaction on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, for, for the people who have uh, been in this industry for more than two, three years, understands that this is just like uh, it happens this way. Uh, they would have seen the increase in similarly and the decrease similarly as well. But this time it is because of more like one company is growing up something and that is affecting uh, other parts of the crypto, etc. And it is usually, uh, you know, it, it, it'll bounce back, right? So it, it, it doesn't have extremely long-term effect. Uh, we have seen this kind of effects when different, different companies does it wrong uh, for, for various reasons. And in India as well, within the equity market, it has happened where uh, one, one company had like a huge misappropriation of funds and such. And it came to light, its, it, its price fell down to like one-tenth of what it is, and then it went back 3x. So so these kinds of things we have seen, not that we have not seen. And just because the regulations are not there, that was not unavoidable in equity markets also. And uh, when it comes to the crypto, it's even a little bit more bad, right? So because regulations are not very strict, and then we are talking about different, different countries. Um, so it's, it, it's tough for us to predict like how that country reacts, how that country law reacts. And what we should be doing in India and such, but generally, yeah, um, people who have seen it uh, at least some since a couple of years will just hold on to it. That they, they don't panic. But the ones, let's say, uh, who actually need money in the short term, and they are they were looking, okay, uh, I need money by third week of May for this particular purpose and such. So they actually force themselves to sell because they don't want to continue. Uh, you know, for holding it, and if the price decreases, they are not ready to take that particular uh, risk. Um, I guess so that they had decided to sell anyway, irrespective of the uh, price. And then there is a small percentage which could be panic sell, maybe 5% of the investors. Um, I mean, they will, they try to react for everything that's happening in market. Uh, they, they don't go against markets. It's just like, uh, okay, if the price increasing, you put, uh, then let's see. And, uh, then, then especially when the, when, when the price decreases, if there is like a very, very high, uh, they, they are very likely to do the, panic sell and exit uh, their position irrespective of uh, what coins they hold, what is the price, uh, present price, etc. as well. So, but however, I don't see nowadays where the people are investing in something completely new coins. I mean, that that is that, that percentage is comparatively less because it's not like very bullish market anyway. And those things mm. more happen in the, in the bullish. But right now it's more consolidation and uh, declaring which are the winners, which, which would uh, sustain long term as compared to something which just out of white paper or a small team which are not serious and uh, them exiting the company. So it's, it's, it, I, mean, if, I, I don't think uh, yet we have entered the bearish market. Um, so, but if it is a bearish market, then we're talking about uh, uh, a gap of about, say, two years or so before we again start seeing uh, back mm -hmm. some bullish markets. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what's your take on, I mean, certainly coming into a we'll call it a slowish market uh without particularly proper labels there but having a price decrease what do you think about bitcoin like what do you think about bitcoin specifically in the uniqueness of this particular currency relative to the landscape of other currencies it's certainly being the first being the most prominent 
being the only one on Twitter that has the the hashtag with the B on it, you know, <laughs> uh, how, how unique do you feel that Bitcoin will be in the medium to long term? And why do you feel that way? You know, will it continue to just, uh, you know, become the currency that just dominates? Uh, and it, yeah, I, I'm curious how you've, what you think about Bitcoin specifically in relation to others? I, th- I think Bitcoin exactly does what it is designed for. Uh, as compared to Ethereum, which have its own challenges when there are more transactions and uh, it, it does its own like, and it needs much more times it has got upgraded and such as compared to Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin does uh, only few things. Uh, it does not have like uh, native smart contracts and such things uh, for someone to hack into it because the smart contract was uh, flawed, etc. Right. Um, so it only does uh, a limited number of things, but it does it like really, really good. Uh, I think so. Eventually, given that um, the like, like how for informational purposes the borders are getting uh, thinner, thinner from one country to one country. Eventually, it will be true for uh, uh, transactions also. Um, so it, it does not matter whether I'm taking a transaction from someone uh, in India or someone from US. Uh, the the payment should be as simple, right? So. Uh, today, if it is uh, India, I can actually like within 10 seconds, I can send payment. But as compared to someone in US, uh, where I'll have to either use a credit card, then have them use their uh, payment gateways, integrations, and all those things done. So it's it's uh, there is like a lot of uh, friction, frictional points when it comes to international payments, or else go to the bank, create a wire transfer, etc. So so eventually, I think it will it, it as the uh, uh, the borders keep getting. In, Know, thinner and thinner it eventually will go in the same direction for transactions as well i think and when that happens it definitely will be in uh, a decentralized uh money which has to be on the on the internet and the likelihood that it will be bitcoin is quite high because we are only talking about transactions we don't want smart contracts or under different things on top of it or specific use cases to provide some incentives for a particular community right so we're not looking at that we are more looking at uh uh, like everyone should be able to use uh, free and fast, uh, and uh, it should it should just work. It should it should just do its work without any kind of flaws. As simple as that. Um, so and now we are having the Lightning Network, which which will eventually run on top of the Bitcoin Network, right? So which will um, enable transactions uh, to be like Lightning fast, really, um, as well, so that it uh, it it works like as if it is centralized but in a decentralized manner so the, 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 that's the entire entire way we will eventually go down to um so even and the network effect of bitcoin is really really high right so it's the number of folders and such and even though institutional funds hedge funds are getting into bitcoin but not into other cryptocurrencies yet um so which shows that uh well, they would have done like enough research as well like why they want bitcoin and not ether or uh, ripple or any other other things Obviously, the decentralization is uh, significantly playing the the, the, the role here. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, why 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 gold is comparatively more stable? It's because it's uh, one cannot easily manipulate the price, right? So in that way, so yeah, as the price of Bitcoin continues to grow, it will be uh, tough to manipulate the price. Here. Yeah, yeah, I had I had a couple of interviews recently um, that I found interesting. One specifically talking about gold relative to other precious metals where gold is 
it has the same properties as uh, other precious metals, such as diamonds, in that it is a rare earth metal. So there's a uh, finite number on this planet, and then there's a, a current finite number in circulation above ground today. Uh, however, in gold, as opposed to say diamonds, gold is the same. It's the same stuff. Whether it's an ounce of gold, a pound of gold, or 10 pounds of gold, you can boil it down and harden it up. Diamonds are different because you can't, um, there's not a commoditized quantity. So there's a company I interviewed that talked about this, but they effectively, I think gold has that unique property, similar to Bitcoin, right? A, a tenth of a Bitcoin, there's a term for this that's escaping me, but it's it's the same stuff, whether it's you know a tenth of a Bitcoin, one Bitcoin, two Bitcoin. It doesn't change the properties as the quantities change. I do think that Bitcoin has the, it's the first, it's the biggest, it's the simplest to understand, and it has a great name and a great founder who doesn't exist or you know, <laughs> no necessarily have consensus on who it is. I do wonder about the Bitcoin's ability to uh, scale the ability to use Bitcoin specifically as cash transactions. So if I'm paying you, you know, I do some consulting work and you pay me, you can use Bitcoin, but I wonder how scalable that is. It certainly seems to be the critique of using it as cash as opposed to as a uh, a stored value, say more like gold, where you're not using it to buy things, but you're using it to store your accumulated uh, uh, wealth or value accumulation. So I, I tend to think that, that it takes the latter case where it's a really good store of value, but it is kind of slow. It's super secure, uh, but it's slow. And due to the fact that it's slow, it can be expensive to, to transact. So I, I, I think you're right about Lightning. Maybe Lightning is the network, but it certainly seems like is my understanding or my perspective on it is that we have different needs for human nature. You have a need to store your wealth. You have a need to use a method of uh, transaction for all the transactions you do. And assuming all of this is on crypto, Bitcoin takes care of the first problem, but it may be different for the second. It may be like you use a different currency to exchange uh, short, quick transactions that you do on the internet. I mean, actually, you don't need two different ones. So, so those two can be the the same thing. It just depends upon. Uh, see, for example, in India, right? So uh, I hold some amount of money in my pocket, say maybe some hundred dollars worth, right? So then there is some amount of money in the, like fixed deposits and the bank accounts. Uh, it, it could be like hair and such, right? Uh, but for all of it, the I mean, I am not using dollar in one place and Indian rupees in the other place, right? So, I mean, everything is in India rupees itself. So, now comes um, where it takes time to do the transfer and where it does not, it's instantaneous, it's free, right? So, for the money that I hold as cash uh, in my pocket, it's free to transfer and it's instantaneous. But as compared to something I have in bank, uh, which will take a little bit extra time to do the transa transaction, as compared to something uh, where I have kept money as a fixed deposit, where uh, I need a uh, certificate to be returned back to the bank to uh, to actually like cancel that and get the money back to my bank account and such and, and uh, taking care to the oh, next step. So here it's, I mean, I understand like all three uh, different modes of uh, doing the transaction. Here as well, it will be like quite simpler. And now comes what are the channels in which uh, these these different, you know, uh, the, the, these three different uh, transactions happen. So one happened from hand to hand uh, is a form of cash. The other two 
had to go through a system uh, to, to to make it happen. So as long as the channels are established, um, which will tell how fast it will work and uh, what will be the fees, um, it will it will make it easy, right? So I mean, once people know about it, uh, they they know. Oh, this is as simple as like doing one transaction or five transactions, and you know how exactly it works, and you get adopted to it, and you get accustomed to it. So when it comes to Lightning Network, which will actually enable very very fast uh, uh, settlement of, uh, of, of of transactions, uh, right? So it will take that path for uh, for quick payments and such. But that being transferred uh, into something like uh, hardware wallets or so, or maybe to an exchange wallets or so, uh, will 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 make it like uh, uh, short term or maybe the long term. Uh, of of storing it, so you actually don't really need uh, uh, another coin because all that would also do uh, is as simple as what Bitcoin does, except that that could be faster and free. And if Lightning Network, which is now on top of Bitcoin, can exactly do the same thing, then you just don't need another one. It it just works that way. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm. How? What's your background? Were you when you started Unicorn? Were you Unicorn? Were you? Tell me about the founding team. How how you built the initial core technology? Sure. So I actually did my uh, MBA from in University of Melbourne uh, in 2008. Um, just after which I got into a partnership firm uh, called Venture Next, where I was offering custom scripting services in a virtual world called Second Life. So it's do you like, play Second Life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do you still play it? So, uh, I, I still do login. So, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm very active uh, there. Uh, but I had a business there between 2009 and 2014. Um, so I used to have a company, like a IT consulting company in, in Second Life, where I was developing scripts for businesses in Second Life. So let's say if someone is building a home, I used to create automation scripts for them. If someone is building a game, I used to make the game to work, etc. Um, so and I had a bunch of employees who were doing that uh, the, the, those kinds of works with me. Uh, so the way we earn money in Second Life is through a closed loop currency called Indian dollars, right? So about two hundred and fifty Indian dollars is uh, is one American dollar. I had to PayPal. I had to use PayPal to get that money back to India. So PayPal used to charge me like three point nine percent as transaction fees, and another three percent as conversion fees because now they have to convert the remaining money to Indian rupees. So after losing like seven percent of the money for about uh, four years or so, it, it started like quite adding up. Um, so and and I could very clearly see that uh, just the information is going from one place to one place and money is getting siphoned away, right? So uh, there is there is no real transaction happening. It's more about squaring off and uh, reconcil reconciling, etc. Um, so that made me start looking at the alternatives um, of how we can do this kind of transaction from one country to one country without undergoing this kind of like seven percent ridiculous uh, transaction. Mm. That made me stumble upon Bitcoin. And then I happened to go to a meetup in that particular weekend um, where I met Sunny Ray, who is 
co-founder one of the co-founders for uh, one kind today but at that time uh, he was the organizer of the meetup and he was uh, having that meetup to just meet like minded people uh, there was almost no activity of bitcoin or cryptocurrency at that point of time in india anyway uh, to talk about his background he is a canadian uh, electrical engineer uh, at that time he was working for a robotics company but trying to build the market in india and that's how uh, he was in india uh, so we happened to meet and then i happened to take my childhood friend uh, mr harish to one of the meetups and my cousin apinan to one of those meetups as well which was happening every weekend and uh, we understood that um, uh, for this kind of tech to flourish uh, people should be able to get an access uh, to this kind of technology easily um, so these meetups used to have up to 100 people sometimes and uh, people used to try exchanging uh, bitcoin uh, by bringing some money in their pockets or cash in, in duffel bags etc which was actually you know getting more and more messy uh, so we felt this these kinds of transactions uh, it should happen in a more uh, simple and secure way uh, where people just pay the money from their bank account and they are confident that they get what they are paying for and such so we took the business model of how the coinbase was built at that point of time and we launched uno coin uh, i mean we thought of launching uno coin i had some programmers with me already so i had to pull some of them together uh, to create this in about 2 to 3 months and then we did a conference where we launched the service Did, wasn't some of the same developers from the scripting service for Second Life that you pulled into UnoCoin? That's awesome. And I, I'm not too familiar with Second Life, and, and, and they still work with me. And, and oh, that's awesome! With Uno, Uno, Uno. <laughs> that's so great. I would love. Um, I'm so curious. Second Life to me feels like the metaverse ten years ago. Yeah, it's like right. <laughs> it, it's kind of. It's like isn't that what when we talk when people talk about the metaverse? What do they do? They what do they mean? Don't they mean an experience like Second Life? Or how, how do you think of that? Absolutely. I mean, now I am just using this VR set to see what the new metaverse looks like. Uh, wow, it's not even like five percent of Second Life. Um, mm-hmm. Second Life, the the way everything is built and the way it has matured already, um, and including the mesh it works and how people look, uh, their avatars itself look and what they're capable of creating, etc. It's like far superior. I'm just sad that you know it did didn't fall into the hands of a company like uh, Facebook, which would have made it more popular. They are now taken up to. Uh, do it from scratch themselves. I hope maybe in about five years, the so-called metaverse that we're talking about uh, may be beautiful than Second Life. But right now, yeah, Second Life is like maybe ten times more beautiful and uh, more functional uh, than than everything else. Like like metaverse and and it's so, metaverse is confusing today to me. It's, it, I'm not even clear on it yet. Yeah, why has I I, I don't think that Second Life has taken off to the extent that. Uh, people proclaim the potential for metaverse to take off. Is there? Do you view some inherent design flaw in in Second Life, or do you view it as it has become wildly successful? Be- because to me, it's like it hasn't it hasn't quite hit the adoption curve of social media. You know, people uh, people on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. It's like oh. not everyone has Second Life. Uh, see, I think uh, if it comes to a platform like Facebook and Instagram, right? So uh, they are more looking for a social validation with themselves being them, which means like you are Mike, 
now mike is looking at social validation and he's building his profile he has his friends etc but when it comes to second life you are not even like mike you you may be called xyz or whatever you call yourself as and you and your face won't appear there that's like the first thing and you are you yourself like an avatar you become like much much more anonymous like a common man right um then it depends upon how your experience is maybe for first few weeks i think a lot of people won't be able to crack it um because they they try to make friends um which which sometimes doesn't work and everyone is anonymous like you're trying to make anonymous friends and you say that nah this is not for me and and you had abandoned it so it's very similar to how people get on tinder and they try for a week or two um and they they actually cannot get hang of it and they just delete the application right so a lot of that happens in in second life as well from from what i have seen so it's more important for them to have uh, to under, i mean you you have to you have to enter second life with a open completely open mind right so you don't know what you do yet uh, you cannot have a specific agenda this is exactly how i lead my second life it doesn't 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 work that way uh, but i think when it comes to metaverse it's much more uh, identity based right so it's uh, it's eventually unlikely that it will be completely anonymous um, um, i guess and because you're you're having your friends whom you know in real life as well in this kind of metaverse um, it it will mean something uh, different i guess so not many people like meeting completely anonymous people so that's probably one of the reasons why uh, you know the, the the second life haven't really taken off like other uh, social communities yeah that's a good point it's really kind of a, a subtlety to it as well because there's a certain people pe- there's a certain use case where people would want to interact with people anonymously i'd imagine if you uh sort of want to restart a friend network from scratch or you just want more social interaction and you don't need to connect with people you already know the the concept of second life and anonymous connections makes more sense if it's like hey i miss my friends from melbourne mba program and i want to get together with them in a more authentic way then cuz i can imagine just how you and i are talking now if we're you're wearing glasses and it feels as if you're sitting in the same room with me that experience is is much more it's much richer in context and it's much more interesting so the thought of us using a two-dimensional screen how we are now if we had the potential to use something indistinguishable from real life in a three-dimensional space it's like you just wouldn't you know why would you buy a 1999 Nokia phone if you have the iPhone 13 right available to you so i it does i wonder if both are possible possible too you know where you can have the second life experience i wonder if it's um a technology issue too it's like is second life is inherently on 2d screens whereas it seems like meta the facebook company wants to inherently double down on virtual reality more so and that opens up a new world of experience yeah that's true um, so we will have to see like within 5 years i'm very sure that facebook have the resources to make uh, meta reality which is at least as good as second life i think but it will take its own time so i'm not talking about like what it looks like uh, today and on the other side like you say there are a lot of people who don't want their uh, we don't want to have their own friends uh, in the in the metaverse or in the second life right so um, and sometimes they don't even have friends right so it it could be a disabled they have lost their legs uh, they cannot really go out and make their friends it could be a single mom like grown up who is already maybe 45 50 60 years old 
um the children would have uh, would be leading their own lives uh, they would have got a divorce or something like that so the husband is not taking care of them um and someone who is uh, suffering from terminal illness uh, they just want they don't want um people to see them as uh, i mean with pitiness right like it's, it's not but, but maybe they want uh, it like uh, like like any other normal person they want to be treated it as um, etc and so like like that there are like multiple reasons and lot of people are there who really wanted to lead uh, lead and have like friends in a specific way uh, and their because of situations in their real life totally took them in a in a very different path um so they are they are missing what they actually wanted to achieve right so these are the different different kinds of people we we end up meeting in 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 second life as well so for them yeah i mean it doesn't matter whether the friends are there or not i mean they actually starts creating the friend network and keep everything anonymous they don't even talk about themselves completely give any kind of phone numbers or or email ids or try to link them on facebook and such so this is keep it completely anonymous and they'll continue building their uh, the, 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 their own network and it's like second life i think that 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 meaning is there right so it's like uh, what you cannot do uh, in in your normal life that uh, you, you can lead a parallel uh, life um, in that comparatively very beautiful world where a um, lot of things that you can do in real life does exist there right so mm. um, in that way and people are building communities yeah. yeah you know it kind of it reminds me or it makes me think of the interaction that I see happening in social media today where you initially jump into a social media platform say Instagram and you you do two things you pull over your initial friend group or social graph from Facebook you you add the same people that you've met and Facebook is just a clone social graph from maybe your high school or your college wherever you were at the time when you started using it you know you add the emails or you connect to your phone contact book you somehow get a a print or a, a template of all the contacts you have and that just kind of it like morphs every time through so it goes from your high school graph to your facebook graph to your instagram graph to your linkedin graph to your tiktok graph to the meta gra- metaverse graph next but throughout each of those each of those clones or each of those uh reproductions of your social network there is the degradation of the previous network You know, my Instagram network is much different than my I know way more people on Facebook than I do on Instagram in real life. The Instagram network is much more and I think this is fairly true universally. Your Instagram graph will consist of people that you do know personally in your real life, your friends, your family, but it will also consist and may even the majority consists of people that you find valuable. And you can find them valuable for many different reasons you can be learning about things you can be just watching them and and learning about their lifestyle or like how they look whatever it is but you're finding some value in that relationship and the relationship is is usually very one way so especially people who are producing content as an occupation and they're getting paid for it they're doing so uh f- fueling that fueling that effort with money you know with the resources to do this so they're doing it in a much more professional mindset than i would be seeing on facebook you know when my high school friend posts about something on facebook he's not doing it professionally and i think that that sort of professional component to it seems to be the it's really a competitive alternative to the professional real world you know if i'm debating between being a electrician a painter or 
a content producer, those are now serious occupations that, you know, the online content producer is a serious competitive occupation to the traditional occupations. And I think that that, that is, that could be the largest disrupting agent to our social, to our life during our lifetime. The fact that people can yeah. now produce con- produce content or do something uh, in a digital world purely for the digital world's sake. It's not like, you know, in your case, you are building a tool that people can use in the real world for their real world benefits. But the second life, the stuff people are building there, they may build a jewelry shop in second life and it's only for jewelry that people are going to wear in second life. It doesn't have any tracings back to the real world or the physical space, which, uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting trend that is hard. I'm like, how does that, how do we not move to, how does this, how does it not look like the, uh, ready player one or the matrix? I'm like, talk me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think see the, 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 these, uh, you know, different social networks, um, they're like very different by itself. Right. So for example, Facebook works on, one person friending the other person, right? So, but as compared to Instagram, where um, you're following people whom you want to follow because of their media-based content, as compared to Twitter, where you're following uh, specifically for their ideas or news, um, etc. So, so like this, I think um, uh, the, the the intention why these these exist. It, it's not like uh, you have WhatsApp and you have Telegram. Both actually does a lot of same thing. It's it's not true with uh, or not, or these kinds of social media. Um, so the like you said, when you're going from when you're in, when you, I mean on your uh, Facebook, uh, usually you only know people. Uh, I mean, the exist the people who are your friends. You ninety nine percent know them, right? So it's very unlikely you friend someone whom you don't know if you are a serious. Uh, I mean, if you're serious about making sure that you you keep your network healthy, but as compared to oh, Instagram, so I mean, like unlimited number of friends are following you, who follows you don't know, and you're following someone, etc. So it, definitely, it has degraded, right? So I think as you continue going from one platform to one platform, I totally agree with you. It's uh, mm. it's the the quality of people whom uh, who is following you uh, will get degraded. So, for example, uh, you can actually buy followers on Twitter um, or yeah. maybe like on Instagram. But I don't think you can buy friends on Facebook. I mean, what does it even mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Or what's the point of doing so? Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it's different in that way. So, when it comes to uh, Second Life, like I said, everyone will have their own agenda. So, uh, it could be in the metaverse as well. They will have their, their own agenda. Um, I'm quite sure. Or maybe they are without agenda. Not having an agenda is also an agenda. If, if, if yeah. That way. Um, you just want to be like a free soul. Um, you just want to take the life, I mean, in whatever they go. And about your jewelry comments, um, I have actually seen a lot of, uh, even though jewelers, manufacturers who are there in Second Life, who manufactures the jewelry and keep it to just try and check if people like it. Right. And they actually, there are people who comes and what kind of money they are willing to pay for something like this, etc. Um, because uh, there is, there is no variable cost, um, to, cre- to create something in Second Life. Let's say if I am creating uh, a particular jewelry, let's say I spent about $25 for it to create a million copies of it. I don't even spend an extra cent. 
you can just create because you are a creator you can do it but when you are selling it you do it without the transfer permissions uh, to your buyer so that they cannot sell again um so oh, the, the depending upon like let's say if i have to do ab testing how how do i do it with with such a minimum cost of 25 dollars um just just prepare them and put it in second life and uh, allow the allow people to evaluate and whatever is selling more then i actually you know put real money which could be like thousands of dollars to do the manufacturing of it multiples and actually put it in my store right so so that is possible in and in in if you see lot of um, uh, it companies as well have uh, have their uh, buildings uh, built up there in uh, in second life you have dell you have ibm etc as well um so i mean they have some kind of representations and they actually put up uh, like the uh, like the conference rooms etc where you can watch their presentations etc so i mean essentially as of today if i just want to walk into an ibm uh, headquarters i actually cannot do it i i don't even know where it exists uh, i mean even then i get to know that then i need a person who can take me up to there giving me the appointments and meeting the different different people so it's like it's a different thing but uh, if you actually build something similar in second life then allow people to just come and only display whatever information you want to display then actually people will feel that when they are walking when they are seeing things um, it actually goes into the mind that um, to, to to some extent how virtual reality is a part of the reality here as well uh, you know uh, that kind of environment makes you feel like you are in 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 a building and then you are actually seeing some information related to a specific company whatever they wanted to display etc and even uh, let's say a, a meeting in second life obviously is much better than uh, say meeting meeting like this even though it's worse than meeting face to face obviously but however there it, it's like avatar based meetings and such uh, more uh, i mean i wouldn't call it as 2d right so i, I would say whatsapp is 2d Uh, yeah but in second life you can actually when you start walking you actually are in a 3d environment but projected as a 2d more like a movie right. more right. like a 2d to 2d movie right so i think we will have to see what the meta will come up with maybe it's like much more 3d you can see the depth of the object etc as well i'm, I'm very sure mm. but second life also works with uh, oculus so which means uh, you'll be able to see the depth uh, as well there Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, maybe we'll do this next mm-hmm. interview in uh in Second Life or in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh la- last question I just want to get your quick reaction to uh NFTs. Are do you think they're overrated or underrated in the in the short term? Uh, in the short term they're definitely overrated, I think. Yeah. Um so th- th- there are people the number of like NFTs that has got created and the number of people who actually want to own it as a kind of possession right not as a kind of uh, mm. holding it today and selling it tomorrow right uh, that is that ratio is already messed up so so how many people are willing to pay for a painting uh, which is worth say um, $25000 right so extremely small but then what um, if the, that kind of painting which eventually will be $25000 are there in the hands of um, a, a million people then it will it will never be $25000 So I think people are not getting that uh, there are too many uh, sellers and less number of buyers already uh, and it will continue to be more and more worse mm-hmm. um so now we are talking about assets which are held by by people and now people are putting lot of money especially you know ridiculous where and if if you are putting money into bitcoin understand maybe tomorrow you'll get it wrong because the price fell down but maybe in few years it may again come up and make up your uh, make up your money 
uh, to some extent, it's at least not going towards zero. Um, so, 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 but I think in, with, with NFTs, um, we don't know who is launching it, who is selling mm-hmm. it. Just because it's NFT, you just buy. Um, so, there's a lot of information is not at all available with, with people who are buying it. Um, just because it's a smart contract, anyone can launch it, you know. There is like multiple multiple issues. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope people are are, are more cautious with, yeah. with NFTs. It's it's not what it is looking. Yeah, at. yeah. I, I very much uh, agree with everything you said. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you staying up late and taking this time, Satvik. It was so much fun talking to you. Congrats on all the progress with Unocoin. I'm a huge fan. I hope you guys continue to crush it and uh, enable India to grow in its bitcoin and crypto adoption so yeah thanks again man uh, anything you want to throw out there last question anything are you personally on twitter personally writing we'll include all the links to Unocoin in the show notes uh but any places you want to are you are you active on twitter i believe you are i, I am i am so my my id is the satvik v s a t h v a k v um so yeah quite active on twitter my uh, dms are open so uh, i mean i don't reply for every message but uh, <laughs> the one which i feel like replying i do um so but reaching t- t- to me uh, is is not super tough um so they'll be able when someone who want to reach me will be able to find me anyway <laughs> either on twitter or just like sending it to satvikatonocoin.com um so yeah i mean i'm i'm very excited about this industry it's, it's there is no dull day i, I think um, so, so that's like one thing, and the and the speed at which it grows, um, uh, you, you you don't feel like uh, you're 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 kind of uh, in an industry which is uh, same ten years ago, twenty years ago, even today, right? So, for example, banking industry, for example, insurance industry. Um, so, those are all the ones um, which haven't really made a lot of progress within the last ten years. It's uh, uh, what was defined uh, many decades ago is still true today, and it will be true for next few decades as well. Uh, just that you have the customer base improving and because of the inflation and such, you have total volume that is held uh, or are being transacted, uh, improving and such. But people's allocation of how much they want to allocate for insurance is fixed and how much uh, they want to run when it comes to banking. They don't want to obviously leave a lot of money and they want to take some assets and such. So compared to those kinds of industries, I, I definitely feel I'm very lucky uh, to be associated with this. Um, uh, maybe just, just my 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 uh i would say the path of the life led this uh to 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 to, to what i'm what i'm doing like once it's like a butterfly effect uh you know mm. but i'm very glad i'm i'm here uh to have uh the the first uh, uh cryptocurrency exchange uh in in india and i obviously want probably the last one as well like <laughs> living forever um, i think and and grow with my 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 customers and always make sure that um, their investment needs are met in crypto. Yeah, mm, yeah, I love it, man. Well, keep doing keep doing the best you can, and I'm sure you guys will continue to crush it. So, yeah. thanks so much, man. Thank Talk you, Mike. Soon. Nice talking to you today. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. If you enjoyed the show today, consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts tweet about it or text it to a friend. We really appreciate all the support and growing that we can. If you have any guests you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 